This week on Raffi Reviews, Raffi Reviews, Venom. So, Eminem's new song, Venom, uh, isn't half bad. I, I think the hook is really the problem that really drags the song down. The actual uh, lyrics and verses are... Um, um, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be talking about the movie. Okay, alright. Um, <laughs> okay. So, here's, here's the thing, right? Every time I talk about Venom as a movie, um, I cannot go without mentioning the, the background to this film, because that's... That's always the part people are going to miss. People are going to look at Venom, Venom and be like, oh, it's another Marvel movie. Oh, it's in the MCU. Oh, is Tom Holland Spider-Man in it? Let me put this out there to anyone that hasn't seen the movie. Tom Holland Spider-Man is not in it. It's not really in the MCU, but like, it, it's written to a point where it's so flimsy, you could fit it in the MCU and there wouldn't be any repercussions. Uh, they don't really mention anything Marvel-related. Um... So you could definitely fit, like you, like, you could fit Venom into the MCU the same way you could fit, like, like Crazy Rich Asians into the MCU. Like, it's, it's that harmless of a film. Um, <laughs> but I can't talk about Venom without giving a shout-out to the people that really just suck at their job. Um, Amy Pascal, one of the producers over at Sony, uh, I think she might be the CEO, I might be wrong. Um, but Amy Pascal over at Sony Pictures, as well as Avi Arad who is, I think he started off as a toy guy, but he's also been a part of Sony Films for a long time. These two have systematically destroyed the Spider-Man brand over the past, like, 15 years or so. Basically, uh, like, even before this movie, Venom has kind of ruined a lot of Spider-Man movies um, before ever appearing in them. Because uh, when it got to Spider-Man 3, directed by Sam Raimi, um... Venom originally wasn't supposed to be in it. The black suit wasn't supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be Sandman, uh, I believe the Vulture, and maybe the the new Goblin. But, uh, what is it? Avi Arad pushed Sam Raimi into including Venom in the black suit so that we, they could potentially spin it off into its own brand. In fact, Avi Arad was interested in doing a Venom movie since the first Spider-Man movie because he knew how marketable the character was in comics and in toy lines. So... The, the, you know, the biggest problem with Spider-Man 3, which was the whole Venom plot, um, was caused by Ivy Arad. Flash forward a little bit later to The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was, was Amy Pascal's plan, and Ivy Arad's plan, of trying to set up a larger universe for Spider-Man, trying to do their own Marvel Cinematic Universe, but only with Spider-Man characters. Um, this would have included Venom, this would have included The Sinister Six, which if you've seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2, first of all, God bless you. Second of all, uh, you know there's a big laboratory room full of, like, vultures' wings and Dr. Octopus's tentacles. Just all these cameos and Easter eggs. I think there was, like, a bit where there was a Venom symbiote in that laboratory. Um, but that, like, generic blue laboratory, it, it returns in this movie. Not that, that, not that same lab, but, like, <laughs> Sony has a really, like, one-note way of showing you mysterious evil laboratories. It's always blue lights and, like, cold rooms. Um... So, in an attempt to set up an entire universe, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a disaster. Um, 
And then there came this Venom movie, which came after, I want to say, like, it started production after Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, hell, it might have even started production after Civil War. But, like, basically, because of the shared custody of Spider-Man between Sony and Marvel Studios, it, it seemed like the, the big mistake that was Amazing Spider-Man 2 was going to get kind of washed away. Like, in my head... I see the Spider-Man franchise, movie-wise, the, the movie franchise, as like a carpet, right? <laughs> and, you know, Spider-Man 1 and 2 happen, and the carpet, it's pretty nice, we just laid it down, it's really good looking. Spider-Man 3 happens, and oh, we, we spilled a little, little stale Coke on the carpet there. That's okay, we can scrub that off, we'll do, you know, we'll do the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, and, you know, it's not completely off, but it's still, it's a bit cleaner. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is another stain of Coke, um, right above the stain that was there before, so it's gotten worse. Um, but then, you know, Kevin Feige comes in with Captain America Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming, and he, he, he scrubs that carpet good, and it's clean, and it's fresh, and it's full of possibilities uh, for you and your guests, right? And then this movie happens. And this movie is just another new splash of soda, um, and it's going to be a pain in the ass to scrub out the Spider-Man brand, because people are going to be going into this thinking it's in the same universe. You know, that's... Like, at least with X-Men, people can tell by now. Um, but with Venom, it's a totally different story. Uh, especially because Venom is, you know, in his entire... Li it's like, Venom is a nostalgia-driven character. Kind of like Wolverine, kind of like the Joker, kind of like even Spawn to some extent. So it's like, most of the flock for this film comes from the nostalgia of Venom and just the pure image of Venom. And if you're going in this movie wanting to see Venom himself, um, you might be a, you might be uh, uh, happy with it, but uh, everything else kind of just falls flat. Let's talk casting. So, Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock, or at least a man whose name is Eddie Brock, uh, but doesn't appear to be Eddie Brock. Um, so Tom Hardy was cast for this role mainly to get butts in seats, because, you know, if, if you're the kind of person who didn't grow up with comics and you don't know Venom very well, and you look at the Venom movie and you go, oh, that's a cool-looking movie, I might see it, you see Tom Hardy and you're like, oh, I have to see it. Tom Hardy is one of those actors, especially nowadays, after, like, Mad Max and, and The Dark Knight Rises, Tom Hardy is one of those actors that, that he puts butts in seats. It doesn't matter what he's in, you're going to see it because he's in it. Um, that's an effect that Johnny Depp used to have. Uh, I'm sure it's a fact that Tom Cruise probably thinks he has, but the point is, like, oh, it's definitely a film Dwayne Johnson has. If if The Rock is in a movie, people are going to see it because it's The Rock, not because, like, San Francisco is falling apart or whatever the fuck he's doing now. Um, but that's what Tom Hardy is. Tom Hardy is a safe bet actor. And that's not to say he's he's bad at acting. He's a very good actor. Even in this film, he takes the material and goes with it. I, I, I know a lot of this movie was his improv. And um, it works. You know, Tom Hardy is a good actor. I believe he is um, a, a shitheel. <laughs> well, not even. He's not even a shitheel. I, I believe that Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock is a loser. I believe it. You know, that performance tells me this guy is a loser. I get it. But, again, he was only cast to get people's attention. All right? It, Venom could have been anyone else and it would have had less flock to it. Tom Hardy is a safe bet. He's a hook that that Sony used as, like, a safe bet. You know, like, you know, a lot of people might have looked at this movie, I know I did, and went, like, oh, man, 
oh, looks shitty. Looks like another Sony Spider-Man movie. Looks crappy, but hey, Tom Hardy's in it, so it has to be good. Like it, that that shit annoyed me. I remember years back when it was Shay, Justin, and I, and we were talking about this, and and they were like, yeah, but Tom Hardy's gonna be Venom. It's gonna be so good, and it's like, no, you're just excited because it's Tom Hardy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock isn't really Eddie Brock. Like, he has the same name, and he's supposed to be the same character, but he's really not. Um, Eddie Brock's character, pre-meeting Peter Parker, pre-meeting Spider-Man, is that he's a shitty reporter who who does who only cares about, like, the money and the fame. Like, he doesn't care if he gets the story wrong or if he fucks up. Like, he, he just wants the credit of being a good reporter. And that's, you know, that's been documented in comics and in TV. Even in Spider-Man 3, they kind of, you know, hint that to that point. Um... But, you know, I, I said the big, you know, I said the big problem with this is um, is the whole Spider-Man thing. And you're going to hear that throughout this is that because Spider-Man is not part of this Venom movie, a lot of what makes Venom special is gone. Like, <laughs> I, I was thinking about this the other day, even before seeing the movie and then after seeing it, I kind of was thinking about this. I used to think Eddie Brock was just like a foil. He was just kind of... I don't know, I, I I didn't think Eddie Brock was ever interesting, and the only thing interesting about him was that he was Venom, and he looked cool, and he was a cool villain, but upon thinking about it and getting ready for this review, I realized that the thing that makes Eddie Brock special is that when he, when he loses his job as a reporter in the comics, when Spider-Man catches the criminal and reveals the criminal uh, called the Sin Eater, who was, was a serial killer. When Spider-Man reveals the serial killer is not the guy that Eddie Brock said he was, and Eddie Brock loses his job, and Eddie Brock is like like uh, a joke to like the journalistic community, and Eddie Brock is like, um, like he, when, he, when his like girlfriend leaves or whatever, like all the bad shit that happens to Eddie because of Peter Parker and because of Spider-Man, Eddie doesn't blame himself. Eddie blames the people around him. And that's kind of an ongoing thing for him. Even as Venom, when he tries to be a hero, he doesn't see his problems as, well, these people treat me like a villain because I look like a monster. They treat it as, oh, these people are crazy. These people are stupid. Like, I'm trying to help them. Um, so the point I'm getting to is that the reason Eddie Brock works as a character, especially in contrast to Peter Parker, is because if someone dies near Spider-Man, and it was it had nothing to do with Spider-Man at all, if someone just dies near him, he will take responsibility for that. He will always take responsibility for that because great power with great, with great power comes great responsibility. That's, that's Peter's whole character. He will take responsibility if someone dies near him. He'll take responsibility for things that go wrong around him. He'll take it because he knows with his powers, you know, it kind of has to be his fault. But Eddie doesn't. Everything that happens to Eddie Brock in the comics, at least until he goes through like his um, his Christian reawakening in the mid two thousands, he blames on other people. Eddie doesn't take responsibility for himself and his powers and the world around him. He blames it on other people. He doesn't see himself as the problem the way Spider Man does, and that's why the two of them work so well off of each other, because Spider Man is the ultimate personification of having too much responsibility. And Venom is the ultimate personification of not having enough. Um, and you obviously don't have that in this film. And without that, and without Spider-Man, they were really forced to reinvent Eddie Brock's character. 
and the character they evolved him into was ultimately just kind of an older, shittier Peter Parker. Because <laughs> Eddie, Eddie is a, he's a reporter. Maybe he's not a, a Peter Parker. He's more like Lois Lane, oddly enough. Um, hold on, I, I have notes here. Yeah, Eddie is basically Lois Lane in this movie because his whole thing as a reporter is, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rat people out even if it gets me in danger, even if it's, like, you know, not appropriate to talk about. And that's, that's the reason he loses his job in this movie because he's like, people need to know the truth, and even if it means, like, sacrificing my, my credibility and who I am and, and, and getting myself in trouble. So he gets himself in these situations the same way Lois Lane would, for the scoop, for the story, for the truth. Um, and the problem with that is that, like, Eddie Brock and Venom, they're supposed to be an anti-hero. That was all the kind of um, advertisement for this. Oh, Eddie, oh, Venom, there wasn't enough superheroes, it's time for something different. Um, but the problem is that, like, the Venom symbiote is, like, it's inexplicably, like, evil and anti-hero-ish without having the Spider-Man backstory, and then Eddie Brock isn't necessarily a bad dude. Like, he's, he's a pretty okay guy. In fact, like, they spend the first half hour setting up his life and making you feel bad for him, so when he gets the Venom symbiote and becomes, like, a monster, he, he's kind of just, like, prone to it, and he kind of just deals with it. Like, again, it's very unlike Eddie Brock's character, and it's very unlike Venom as a, as a union, you know? Um, let's see, what else did I write about Eddie Brock? Here we go. Um, one of the things I liked, I'll, I'll put this out here, this is probably one of the few things I actually liked about this movie, um, I liked Tom Hardy's performance when he was first being infected by Venom. Uh, he, he basically, like, comes down with all the, like, symptoms of having a parasite, I guess. He gets weird cravings. He, uh, he eats, like, frozen, uh, tater tots, and he throws up in the bathroom, and, and, and he's always hot, and he, he, he jumps into, like, a pool of lobsters to, like, cool off, and he bites a lobster's head off. Um, if I'm spoiling that for you, I'm sorry, but if you've seen any of the trailers, you've probably seen most of the scenes I'm gonna be talking about anyway, because Sony doesn't know how to do trailers. Um, they either show you not enough, like, the first Venom trailer, and then everything that's in the movie, like, in the second trailer. Um, let me go to the second, because they showed off, like, one scene of him, whatever. Um, let's see what else about Eddie. Oh, here's a weird one. This is more of a plot thing. Um, <laughs> there's a point in the movie, it gets to the point where Eddie loses his job, we find out what the Life Corporation is, uh, he gets fired from his job for asking too many questions, he gets, he gets dumped by his girlfriend because he stole information from her to do a report on the Life Foundation. Um, and then it, it then it jumps six months later. And, like, nothing's really changed. Like, Eddie has a, has a different apartment. Um, he, he doesn't seem to have a job, which is weird. You'd think in six months he'd get a job. At least a job that would support having an apartment. Um... People recognize him, and he's like, they're like, oh, aren't you Eddie Brock? And he's like, oh, I used to be, it's six months. I don't know, I feel like, because his job is like a, kind of like a blogger, he does like online news reports for this company. Um, I feel like people would forget you after six months like that, I know I would. Um, but I feel like that's way too long. Like, for his life to have, because that's supposed to be like Eddie's downfall is like over the course of six months. I feel like that's way too long. A lot. That's half a year. A lot can change in half a year. And like, the thing is, you could take the six months out. You could say like one week or two weeks or like a month, 
at the most. And I'd still believe, like, his life went that way after losing his job and his girlfriend. Like, you don't need six months to establish how, fall he, how far he's fallen. Because it's not like San Francisco looks any different after six months. And it's not like any of the characters look different after six months. It's not like anything super new happens. Like, the only thing you could really use that six months time jump to explain is how the Life Foundation, like, um, what is it? Like, uh, commissions a new rocket ship and is, like, continuing their research with the symbiotes. Because that's another thing with the movie. The, the Life Foundation, their, their corporate leader, Carlton Drake, they're kidnapping homeless people and attaching the alien symbiotes to them to see if they can survive. Um, and again, with, with how, like, they don't get any further with that, like, scientific plot. They don't learn anything new, like, from the first, from the beginning of the movie to after the six months gap. Nothing seems to change. So again, if you take the six months out and you don't say anything at all, people wouldn't notice. Like, that, that six months gap felt really unnecessary especially like you it's a movie and you have this evil corporation with assumedly unlimited money it wouldn't be weird to me if they had two rocket ships like i don't need a six months gap to to explain that um so that was dumb <laughs> let's see anything else on eddie to talk about i don't think so so we can probably move on to venom himself who i think is also voiced by tom hardy um Okay, here's a good one. So why... <laughs> I, I get this, right? I get that Venom can't have the spider on his chest. A, because of, like, legal reasons. Because they can't use Spider-Man in this movie. Um, and B, because the only reason he has the spider in the comics is because the Venom symbiote attached to Spider-Man before it attached to Eddie. So when it got to Eddie, it copied some of Spider-Man's powers, as well as the, the, the eyes and the and the spider symbol. Here's my question. Why does Venom still have Spider-Man's eyes? You know? Like, like, you can't just say, like, oh, he's an alien. You can have whatever eyes he wants. It's like, they, they made it a, a, a conscious choice not to put a spider on his chest because, because they couldn't use anything Spider-Man related. The eyes are pretty Spider-Man-esque. Like, I haven't seen a lot of characters that have eyes similar to Spider-Man. Like, like, the only character who has eyes similar to Spider-Man who isn't really related to Spider-Man, I can think of as, like, Iron Fist or something. Um, so I, I, I really don't understand, like, why he has the, the big, weird, milky eye. Like, they, I feel like they... It's stupid. <laughs> it's a stupid thing to complain about, at least. Um, but it's not just him. We see two symbiotes in this movie, and they both have those eyes, and I, I don't understand that, um, let's see, uh, Venom stuff, Venom stuff, okay, yeah, Venom is an inconsistent character with how he, like, works, um, especially in terms of, like, in terms of Venom's behavior and his memory, or I guess the, the things he can access in Eddie Brock's mind, it's very inconsistent, because talking about, like, what he knows about Eddie, you assume that when he goes into Eddie, he has access to Eddie's thoughts, so he knows what Eddie's thinking, but I don't think he does. Like, when he and Eddie first really have a conversation, Venom is like, oh, I know everything about you, Eddie, 
I, I know everything you think, whatever, and, and, like, and, and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you, you're basically my ride, and I'm gonna use you to accomplish my goals, and then, later on, uh, what is it, Eddie is gonna, uh, Eddie's girlfriend, Anne, comes to pick him up in a car, and, he, and she says, like, we gotta get you to the hospital, and he's like, hospital, uh, I can't go there, and the Venom symbiote's like, oh, I like her, we should go with her, and, and they're, like, <laughs> This is like the second scene he's been to the hospital because because there's a bit there's there's a bit where he interrupts his ex girlfriend's dinner, and she and her new boyfriend who's a doctor take Venom or Eddie to the hospital to get a MRI, and it and it hurts him because it's loud sonic sounds and it hurts the Venom symbiote, so this is the second time he's gonna go to the hospital and and again Venom was in uh, Eddie when they went to the hospital the first time. He was in the MRI, and he, he knows what's at, he knows the MRI is at the hospital. So, when he, when they see Anne, Venom is like, I like her, we should go with her. They get in the car, we're driving, she mentions an MRI, and the Venom symbiote's like, no, no MRI, no, no, no. And it's like, Venom, what the, what the fuck? Like, you, you, you were in Eddie when you get the, when you got the first MRI, and you knew it was at the hospital, so you know what's at the hospital. So, and it's also like, if you can remember what the MRI is, but you don't remember what the hospital is, then how is it you're behaving like you've like you're meeting Anne for the first time? Like it, it's inconsistent. He he doesn't have access to like Eddie's memories. But again, he was with Eddie the first time he went to the hospital, so I don't understand why he would be surprised and why he would get in the car. Um and then the other thing is just like his um uh, his behavior, you know, the Venom symbiote's behavior, it's like, like, uh, when, the, the first time Venom and Eddie have a conversation, Venom tells him, I'm just using you as a ride, and you're gonna work with me, or you're gonna die, and that's the deal, like, he, Venom very clearly is just manipulating Eddie, so then, he, I, I really believe the Venom symbiote is attached to Eddie, for about, like, four or five hours at night. Because the, the second half of this movie is perpetually at nighttime. It's, it all happens in one night. It has to. Um, but they're, the two of them are together for, like, four or five hours. And in those four or five hours, they fight, like, two teams of squad... squad oh, jeez. They fight two units of... Well, not really two units. They fight motorcycle goons. They fight a SWAT team... They climb to the top of a building to get a view of the city, and Venom's like, oh, maybe your plan's not so bad after all. After, like, the second hour of being with Eddie. Um, what else? What else? They, <laughs> they... They stop a rocket from leaving Earth. And that's it. Like, they do... They do four big things together, and by the end, they're, like, chums. And, like, there's a bit later in the movie where when they go to the hospital for the second time, um... The Venom symbiote is separated from Eddie, and Eddie is upset because, like, the Venom symbiote was, like, curing him, but also killing him, so Eddie feels betrayed, because he's like, you were trying to kill me, man? You were trying to kill me? And the Venom symbiote's angry because, like, Eddie went to the hospital, he went in the MRI, and he got, like, detached from Eddie, and so the Venom symbiote feels betrayed by Eddie, and Eddie feels betrayed by Venom, and it's like, you guys have known each other for four hours. Like, you... You should not feel betrayed. You should not have, like, th this shouldn't be the part in the movie where you're like, oh, man, will they get back together or will they not? Like, what? 
you've known each other for four hours. That's not enough time to establish, like, a, a bond. It's not enough time to establish a, a, a betrayal plot. And then again, towards the end of the movie, because again, Venom's original plan was to let Carlton Drake take the rocket to the planet of the symbiotes to bring all the symbiotes back. That was his plan. Four hours later, and I'm not saying, like, the movie's more than four hours. You know, The movie's, like, a little over an hour. But in in the time of the movie, it has to be like four or five hours that they're together. Um, when Venom gets to the rocket ship, he, he's like, I'm going to stop Carlton Drake, and I'm going to destroy the rocket. And Eddie's like, why? And Venom is like, for, for one thing, he, he says like, I'm stopping it because I like you, Eddie. And it's like, you've known him for five hours. Like, when this started, you were very clearly manipulating him. And using him. And now you're saying you like him. Like, this feels like... <laughs> this feels like the movie... Like, the, when they did the, the six months time ju uh, jump, it feels like they were supposed to use that for how long the movie takes place or something. Because, like, in five hours, they have this amazing relationship with each other. I don't understand. Um, the other thing Venom says when he talks about how he wants to, to save Earth... Venom says that he is... Venom says that on his planet, he's a loser like Eddie. I don't understand the context of that. How, in what con... Because like, it's like... I can understand that Venom picks up the language from humans by attaching to them. I can understand Venom even picks up, like, human terminology, like loser and pussy and, and all these other words... I can assume he picks up those words from Eddie from being attached to him, right? But what constitutes a loser on a planet of symbiotes who attach to people and absorb, like, their, their vitals or whatever? Like, how does that work, really? Are you a loser because you're, like, the weakest of the Venoms or of the symbiotes? Because that would make sense. You could have just said that. Or are you the weakest because you've never had a host before, and, and the other symbiotes, like, treat you differently because of that. Like, like, if Venom is gonna be a loser on his planet, I need context. Because otherwise, it sounds stupid. And it does sound stupid. Even sounds stupid in the theater. I even feel like when they said it, like, when Tom Hardy said it as Venom, like, even he felt it was kind of stupid. He was like, you see, Eddie, on my planet, I was a loser. Like you. Like, very, like, quick and, like, out of the way. They don't even go back to that loser thing. Um, and, and the thing is, too, like, the villain of this movie, Riot, who's another symbiote, like, when he and Venom finally, like, clash, Riot is like, Venom, get on the rocket, and Venom's like, no, I won't let you destroy this planet, and Riot is like, then you'll die, and he, and he fights Venom, and it's like, before that, when Eddie was like, so, like, who is this Riot guy, and Venom's like, he's really strong, he's got shit you've never seen before, he's, he's super strong, he's crazy strong, I... We have, we have a 0% chance of beating him. Here's my question. How does Venom know so much about Riot? If they come from a planet of symbiotes, I understand they, they discovered the symbiotes on an asteroid. It, but let's say, fucking, how many symbiotes were on that? It, was it just the four you found? Because then I can understand why Venom knows so much about Riot, because there was only four of them. But you mentioned they all come from a planet, and you picked up four samples from an asteroid... I just, and it's also like, how many times has Riot been attached to a, a living host to show how, how powerful he is? And it's also like, 
No, I'll, I'll save that bit for when we actually talk about Riot, because that'll come soon. Um, Venom, 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 anything else but Venom? Venom! Oh, here's one. Um, why is Venom's name Venom? You know, like, in, in the comics there was a reason. Venom called himself Venom because his hatred for Spider-Man was like this thing inside him that would corrupt him and poison him, like a Venom. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, again, the rest of this will... I guess we'll talk more about this when we get to Riot, but, like, why is Riot stronger than Venom? And why can Riot do things that Venom can't, like make big blades and stuff? And Venom can't do that. In the comics, it's, it's because Riot is an offspring of Venom, and in symbiote culture, the next offspring is stronger than the previous one. Uh, but they're they're not each other's offspring. Like, Venom is not Riot's father or anything. So, why is, why is he stronger? <laughs> um... Oh, oh, here's one, too. Um, so, Venom in this movie brings up the fact that he's weak to to Sonics, which we, we see that pretty frequently. There's a lot of bits where you see him weak to uh, Sonic sounds. But he very half-assedly mentions that he's weak to fire. It that never comes up in the film, the fact that Venom is weak to fire. There's a He ends up killing the bad guy by exploding the, the rocket ship, and it has a lot of fire in it, but it's like... I don't know, there was just a bit in the movie where... Eddie is, like, below the... Eddie and Venom are below the rocket ship before it takes off. And I'm just thinking to myself, like... You know, they mentioned the whole fire thing earlier. I wonder if Venom's plan of killing Riot is dragging him under the the rocket and having the, the flames from the rocket kill Riot. Because that would, you know... That would be a payoff to the comment about being weak to fire. And it would be a cool way of using a rocket to kill someone other than just blowing it up. Um... Unfortunately, that's not what they do, so, like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Is there anything else on Venom that I had to talk about? Oh, here's one. Uh, he was only Venom for about 30 minutes of the film, so like a half hour in the film. Three to four hours in the actual plot of the film. He only became Venom three times, like full Venom, like in the, the whole outfit and everything. Um... Not counting the times that he goes on and off from being Venom. But, like, within the, the four or five hours, like, there's a bit where he's, he, the SWAT guys corner him, and he yells, Mask, and the Venom suit, like, forms over him and turns into Venom. And it's like, you guys have known each other for four hours, and you already have, like, call signs? Why was there not a bit where he's like, oh, if I need you, I'll say Mask. That's, that's our safe word. <laughs> um... No, he just says mask, and Venom's like, I understand completely. Brrrr. So dumb. Like, why does he even, why does he even say mask? <laughs> if, if Venom is in his head and he knows what Eddie's thinking, like, why would he not just, was Venom going to sit there and let Eddie get shot? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, do I have anything else on Venom? Again, he looked pretty cool. For the most part, he didn't have, like, his big old spider, but he still looked pretty cool. Um, okay, now we can tell, talk about, let's see, Michelle, Vill uh, oh god, Michelle Williams plays, uh, Anne Weying. Um, she was okay. I, I really appreciate how the movie didn't end with them getting back together. That would have been really, like, typical, but I guess there was enough typical stuff going on in this movie already. Um, but she was okay. <sighs> the only bit with her that's really worth bringing up is, like, towards the end of the movie, 
she wears the Venom symbiote for like a minute, right? That's how Eddie gets back in contact with the Venom symbiote after the hospital scene and wears the Venom symbiote to get back to Eddie and, and give it back to him. And it's really like kind of lazy because Eddie's t taken out to the woods by these three guys and they're going to shoot him and kill him. He doesn't have the suit. And Eddie kind of distracts them by talking and two of the guards get dragged away off screen and then the third one gets his head bitten off by She-Venom, which is the girlfriend Anne, or the, the ex-girlfriend Anne. Um, and then they kiss, like, while she's wearing the Venom symbiote. You might have seen that gif online already. But it's like She-Venom kissing Eddie, and it's all tongue. Um, and the, the Venom symbiote transfers from her to him. Um, it's really... It's really stupid, but it's also, like, the most comic book thing in the movie is, like... Her wearing the Venom symbiote, having this, like, weird, sexy kiss with, with Eddie. It's weird, because it's like, you know, she's got an attractive figure, but, like, she's got a Venom face, so I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it's the most comic book thing in the movie. It's just like, oh, I need to give him the Venom symbiote. I guess I'll make out with him. Um, if they leaned in more to the idea of the Venom symbiote building a, a loving relationship with Eddie, like it kind of does in the comics, that would have worked really well. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, it just kind of happened. The thing that disappointed me was that, like, <laughs> I would have loved to see all the scenes where the Venom symbiote was on Anne. Like, from the hospital, to her racing over to Life Foundation, to her in the forest, and to her, like, actually fighting these gunned guys. Like, put in... Put in like eight or nine, or put in like 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 fifteen of these armed men to take Eddie up to the woods to kill him because they're worried that the Venom symbiote might show back up with someone else. And sure enough, it does, and it's on his ex girlfriend. And you show her an actual fight scene. That way, you have another Venom fight scene, but it's different from the other ones because it's not Eddie doing it. It's it's his girl. It's his ex girlfriend. Um, you get to show more of She Venom. And you get to have it be more of a scene. Because, like, there's this scene and another scene later where they're like, see, guys, she's not just some ex-girlfriend. Like, she she has moments where she's a badass and she can fight dirty. Like, they, they make a point of saying that. And, like, she kills two people off screen, assumedly, and then bites another dude's head off off screen. And it's like, that's pretty ugly, but, like, I know it's not her doing it. I know it's the Venom symbiote. Like... Have a full fight scene with her as Venom, and then I'll believe you when you say she's, like, a dirty fighter. And have her fight differently from Eddie. Like, just do something different like that. Um, oh, God, there's another bit. Yeah, like, when they're doing the, the rocket ship bit, there's a point where Riot absorbs Venom and climbs the rocket ship, but then Anne, who's in the control room, activates, like, a sound thing that disrupts Riot, and the two of them fall down and they separate. And, and she's like, see, I told you I could fight dirty. And it's like, cool, movie. Thanks for having the, uh... <laughs> thanks for having the, the... What is it? The typical, I'm not just a damsel in distress thing. Like, <laughs> like the... First of all, the whole rocket ship end plot was straight out of 2004. Like, for real. Like, I'm pretty sure one of the X-Men movies did something like that with a rocket ship. Maybe I'm thinking about the Statue of Liberty, but, like, the rocket ship thing really felt like it was out of, like, a 2002 to 2006 action movie, superhero movie something, um, which a lot of people are saying about the film, it feels like it was taken out of 2004. 
it feels very similar to Catwoman. I really agree. Like, half of the movie is, like, this loser we don't... We're supposed to care about. The other half is a CGI mess about a person who becomes possessed by some power that makes them act erratically. Like, it, it really is similar to Catwoman in, in all the wrong ways. Um, but the rocket ship scene, it, it's, like... <laughs> it, it's so typical because it's that moment of, like, the girl does something that keeps her from being a damsel. It's, it's literally that trope that Anne gets towards the end of the movie so that we know... Oh man, she helped. And it keeps her from just just being the chick of the movie. But at the same time, it's like it's not enough to prove that you guys are capable enough of writing a female character to give her more to do. Like, you only gave her that so no, that no one would complain she doesn't do anything. Let's talk about uh, Riz Ahmed as Carlton Drake, the Lex Lutherian uh, CEO of the Life Foundation. Um, he's, he's weird, because, like, in another movie, I could see him being an interesting character. Maybe not interesting. It's kind of funny how serious he is. He has a lot of, like, long, drawn-out dialogues where he's like, think about the future, think about space, think about, you know, the, the human race and how far we've come and how far we can go again. And, like, there's a bit where he talks to someone whose name is Isaac, and he's like, Isaac, like, from the Bible, do you know the story of Isaac? And it's like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, he, he's talking to, like, Eddie, and he's like, Eddie, like, don't don't think about you or I, this is bigger than both of us, you know, think about the next generation, think about the future, I'm I'm trying to create something here, and, and you're you're in the way of it. And, like, it, it is another, and, like, he, he has all these monologue speeches about, like, the grand design of the human race and how we're, we're supposed to achieve more. And there's a bit where he talks about how the human body is, like, flawed and that we can fix it. Um, there's a bit where he's, he's talking to a scientist and he's like, don't think about this, think about, think about the future, think about your kids. How are your kids? Like, he, he imitates these emotions of, like, caring about people. Like, like he's supposed to be a sociopath who's in charge of the space corporation or whatever. Or whatever. Um, and he's fairly young and he's a genius and, like, I don't know, man. He he feels very typical. He feels like someone was trying to do Lex Luthor. And the problem with that is that, like, I feel like he doesn't have a Lex Luthor charm. I also feel like his goals weren't to a point where you agreed with them. Like, some of the best villains are the ones who, you know they're doing something bad and evil, but you kind of agree with what they're doing. Carlton Drake's whole thing was that he wanted to attach symbiotes to people and achieve symbiosis so that people could eventually live on other planets. And it's like, I feel like there are better ways of doing that. You know, like, find a way to spread oxygen on a planet. Find a way to build, like, easier-to-wear, like, outfits, like astronaut outfits or something. Like, I feel like taking another life form and literally attaching them to someone, after seeing that life form kill, like, dozens of homeless people, I feel like there are better ways of going about it than that. Um, but for the most part, like, I feel like, I feel like Riz Ahmed is a really good actor, but he really feels wasted in this. He really feels like he shouldn't, like, have given as much as he gave for this. I feel like, I feel that way for a lot of the actors in this. Um, but I don't know, at, at some point in the movie, he just, I kind of got lost on him. I think it was after the bit where he's like, the human form is so flawed. Like, he's, again, that's, you know... Lean one way or the other. You either make him the kind of person who is personable and does have these aspirations, or make him the kind of person who pretends to be personal so he can achieve his aspirations. 
Um, and then towards the end of the film, it's just like fucking like he he's fighting Eddie like uh, you know human v human without the symbiotes, and he's like you're nothing. I'm everything. I'm I'm gonna achieve these great goals and like he's just real generic. And again, like a villain from the, like the mid two thousands, he's a rich business mogul who just like has this crazy dream of living on space or living on space on <laughs> living on another planet. He clearly came from a different planet, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Riot was like, why? why? Why go with Riot? Like, that's my biggest complaint here, is like, the Venom symbiote, because they were pulling from a story called Venom Lethal Protector, and it was the first miniseries that Venom ever got. And in that miniseries, uh, five other symbiotes are like, spawned from Venom. They're like his children. Uh, it happens after Carnage, by the way. Um... But they create, like, five new symbiote characters. Um, oh, man, here's a test so I can remember them all. Uh, Riot, Phage, Lasher, Agony, and Scream. Okay, those are the five symbiotes that are created off of Venom. Now, here's, here's the part where you're going to understand where I'm coming from. If you've seen the image of these five symbiotes, you got Riot, who's, like, a grayish, blackish kind of color. Scream is yellow and red. Agony is purple. Uh, Lasher is green, and I... Ooh, who's the other one? Ooh, Phage? Phage, I think, was was the was orange. Um, but the point is that you have these multicolored Venom symbiotes that all have, like, kind of a distinct thing about them. Like, Lasher has tendrils on his back. Uh, Scream has hair. I think Agony has hair, too. Um, and then Phage has, like, long claws. And then, and then Riot just looks like fucking Venom. He literally, he looks just like a, a Venom with a different shade of black without the spider on his chest. And the problem is that that's the exact look that Venom has in this movie. He's a big black amorphous blob with white eyes, a big mouth, and no spider on his chest. And and, and to be fair, when they show you Riot in his full Venom, like, in his full, not symbiote form, um, he's just kind of like a silverish gray and it's like, why? You had all these other symbiotes to choose from. You could have given them any other color. You you went for the symbiote that looks the most like Venom in like build and in color. Cause the other Venoms because the other symbiotes aren't buff like Venom. They're all kind of skinnier or lankier. Like they all have di different um body shapes, but but Riot is, like, the closest to looking like Venom. So the fact that they went for the one that looked just like Venom, it feels so lazy, because it feels like all they had to do was take whatever the CGI was for Venom and just adjust the color and, like, change the eyes a little bit, and, like, boom, new character. Totally different. <laughs> um, it's also, like, when Riot and Venom have their, their first and only fight, and it's at the end... <laughs> Um, yeah, the movie doesn't start until the end, apparently. When they have their fight, they, again, they clearly know each other, and Venom is like, I'm not gonna help you. Like, Riot gives Venom the option of getting on the jet and helping him. Venom says no, and then he's like, oh, we'll die. Like, they don't have any kind of, like, argument about how Earth is, because Riot wasn't in the Life Foundation. He, he escaped the crash site of the, the spaceship, and he, like, traveled the world to get back to the Life Foundation. And along the way, he possessed, like, like three other people. And it's like... <laughs> he possessed three other people, and he finally gets to Riz Ahmed, uh, Carlton Drake. 
And it's like, I feel like he should be more okay with saving Earth. Like, if either of those Venom symbiotes are going to be like, no, Earth is a good place and we should protect it and we shouldn't destroy it. It should be Riot. Like, Riot traveled the, the, the Earth. Like, over the course of six... He, Riot spent six months going into other people and traveling the world to get back to Life Foundation. Venom spent five hours in Eddie Brock's body and decided to save the Earth. What the fuck? Like, it should it should have been the other way around. Like, I don't... Like, what What the fuck? <laughs> I don't understand at all. Like, oh, that would have been so great, too, because in, in those six months, when the suit gets to Eddie, like, it, it doesn't act evil or benevolent... Oh, my God, I can't understand the words. It doesn't act evil because it's possessed other people, and it, like, it... He understands how people work. Like, that. Like then you have a reason for the Venom symbiote to be a good guy and not be evil. And, and you could also have a reason that the Venom suit has, like, Spider-Man-like properties. Because you could just say, like, oh, I ended up in New York for a while attached to this, this superhero and I picked up a few tricks from him. Like, that, bam! There's your Spider-Man reference. You don't even have to say his name. I went to New York. I attached to someone with some crazy powers. And now I can shoot webs and I have a spider on my chest. So that's it. That's all you have to do. And they were like, no, Riot has to be the one that travels the Earth and comes back to Life Foundation. So dumb. It's also like, you're going to have the suit travel the Earth for the right host, and then it's uh, ironically going to be the evil CEO character. Like, what if it was the CEO's like lead bodyguard who they built up as like as like the main like uh, like rival for Eddie? Like, what... <laughs> What if it was the, the, the scientist who tried to help Eddie expose the Life Foundation? Hell, what if it was Anne? What if it was Anne's boyfriend? You know, what, what if it was any of these characters that we set up before that would have made it interesting a fight for Venom? You know, fuck, like, what... Again, that would have been great if Riot attached to one of the supporting characters. And the big twist at the end is that, oh, it's not, it's not Carlton Drake who's going to fight Eddie Brock... It's his girl. It's gonna. It's gonna be Eddie's ex girlfriend, or, or the the boyfriend of the girlfriend, or uh, or the scientist who tried to help him. Like that would have been an awesome twist. Because then Venom, then Venom is like, oh, we have to kill this person. Eddie's like, no, we can't kill them. That's my friend. And that's how Eddie. That's how Venom learns not to kill people in a fight. What the fuck? <laughs> like that. That took me a. That took me like a, two minutes to think up. Um. Fuck, man. Anything else on Riot, other than how dumb he is? <sighs> no, I think, I think that's all I got on Riot. I'm just trying to make sure. I've just had a lot of notes about this movie. Um, anything else to talk about? I guess I guess we can mention the plot really quick because it's. I had a few other things about the plot. Again, the first half hour is all building up Eddie Brock's life. Which you could have done in like twenty minutes. Uh, it it felt like half the movie was half the movie was boring, and the other half was like ridiculous pencil thin plot line that came out of a movie from like the two thousands. Like it felt real simple. And again, it the movie the other half the, the back half of the movie is like one night. He's been him for one night, and this is this is how it all goes. Um, yeah, it's just a really weak plot. 
Um, and I feel like there's a lot of things they could have done to fix it. I feel it was really edited, like, to hell. Um, and the, the movie really needed more scenes of him as Venom, more scenes like the apartment motorcycle scene or the SWAT fight scene. Oh, here's the other thing I wanted to say about the plot. Um, <laughs> they say have a nice life about three times in this movie. Um, in the beginning, when Carlton Drake has Eddie tossed out of his building, he tells Eddie, have a nice life, which you imagine is like the, the, the motto over at the Life Foundation. Then when Eddie loses his job, his boss tells him, have a nice life. And then when his girlfriend breaks up with them, you're expecting her to say, have a nice life. Because two other people, just, like, there's a rule of threes they establish in movies. And, you know, <laughs> he's thrown out of an interview, and the person says, have a nice life. He, he's fired from his job, and his boss says, have a, have a nice life. His girlfriend dumps him. She should ha say, have a nice life, or otherwise, why did you put in two lines like that? That bothered me so much, because I was expecting her to say, have a nice life, as, like, this completion of that trilogy of comments. Like, the three moments where Eddie's life started to fall apart were all, like, dovetailed by the, the motto, have a nice life. Um, and that, you know, that would at least been some semblance of a theme, and then it wasn't there. And then towards the end, when Venom kills Riot on the, the rocket ship, he tells him, have a nice life. And it's like, fucking no. Either say it three times at the beginning... Or have Carlton Drake say it the first time when he throws Eddie out of the building, and then have Venom say it at the end. Like that's a payoff moment. That's usually how movies work. Like, so like the 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 main protagonist and the antagonist talk at the beginning. The antagonist says, "Quote you'll say later," and then at the end of the movie, when the villain's about to die, the hero goes, "Quote you said earlier," and that's it. <laughs> like. That's how dialogue is supposed to work in a film. Um, what else? What else did I write about that? Oh, um, I mentioned this a little bit before, but, like, in the comics... Sorry, I keep bringing up the comics to this, this Spider-Man-less Venom movie. In the comics, the reason the Venom symbiote hates Spider-Man is because it left him. Like, the Venom symbiote attached to Spider-Man, it ran off of his adrenaline and, and all the fights he got into and stuff... And it, it corrupted him, obviously. You, you've seen Spider-Man 3. You know that bit, at least. Um, but, like, the reason it hates it is because, like, Spider-Man, like, intentionally took off the Venom symbiote because he knew it was corrupting him. And he ditched the suit. And then the suit goes to Eddie, who, you know, happens to hate Peter Parker. He happens to hate Spider-Man. And the Venom symbiote bonds to Eddie. And they bond over their mutual hate of Spider-Man. And... You know, Eddie hates Spider-Man because Spider-Man, like, uh, quote-unquote, ruined his life. But Venom hates Spider-Man because Spider-Man left him. Venom is basically the crazy ex-girlfriend. Because it loved Spider-Man. Spider-Man didn't love it. Spider-Man ditched it, and it rebounded off of this, this jughead asshole named Eddie Brock. And that's kind of, like, why Venom is kind of an interesting character. Because it, like... Because the Venom-Eddie Brock relationship itself is is venomous. Because unlike with Peter, it, it wasn't established out of, like, necessity or appreciation. Like, the, the suit loved Peter. The suit, like, loves Eddie because Eddie hates Peter just like the suit does. Like, their relationship is found off of a mutual hatred. 
Like, Venom is the ultimate story of, like, the worst rebound possible. <laughs> like, like, Venom is a story of, like, you know, you used to date this girl, and then you used to date this guy, but you broke up with, like, the girl, and you broke up with the guy, and the, those two get together because they both talk shit about you. Like, that's, that's Venom, <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, that should be his character, but because you don't have Spider-Man, you can't do that. So, what I thought was, what a nice replacement it would have been, is if, like, <laughs> is if Eddie, what am I looking for here? Is if the Venom symbiote, when attached to Eddie, found out about Venny's, uh, Venny, oh my god, that's the perfect ship name for them, Venny. Um, what I'm thinking is, if the Venom symbiote attached to Eddie, and it found out about Eddie's, like, breakup with, uh, with Anne, and how much it affected Eddie, the Venom symbiote, instead of just manipulating him, could have tried to, like, fill the shoes, like, not having sex with Eddie or whatever, but, like, giving Eddie someone to talk to, and giving Eddie someone who understood where he was coming from, like, basically, the, the Venom symbiote could have tried to function like a, a girlfriend would, in, in, in the supportive sense, and then the movie would have had a theme to it, and the theme would have been about relationships, and how, like, and how, like, uh, you know, the Venom suit bonds to Eddie, and how that's a metaphor for, like, a horrible rebound on both parts, because the Venom symbiote's only, like, bonding with Eddie to survive, because it has no other way to survive, and then Eddie is bonding to the symbiote, because the symbiote is, like, being really supportive and friendly, and, like, sharing, and, like, giving him love, and it's like, God, that, that is a great metaphor for toxic relationships. Two people are only together because one of them would, like, you know, crumble without someone to, to take, to have, like, a... like Because one of them would crumble without a shoulder to cry on, and then the other is only doing it because the their significant other is so si similar to their last, like, relationship. Like, God, like that would have been a perfect, like, thing. And people would have gone in and be like, wow, that's a really, like, genius undertone. That's a really genius, you know, subplot to this is, like, the the idea that Venom is, like, a representation of a bad relationship and how, like, you know, like, Eddie Brock is one of those people that you see and you know who's, like, yeah, Eddie's got a new girlfriend, but I really don't think she's good for him, but he's not gonna leave her. He's too, like, desperate. Like, that's... That's what Eddie and Venom should have been. And because they're together for five hours, they can't be that. <laughs> Um, so that really sucks. Like, that, again, Venom, it would have surprised the fuck out of me if that was the theme. <laughs> Alright, last thing we can talk about, um, so Woody Harrelson, in the, the end credit scenes, uh, is playing Cletus, Cla Cletus Cassidy, who, assumably, in the next movie will be Carnage, if they get a next movie. Um, if you didn't know that, uh, he, he fucking says it. <laughs> like, in the end credit scene, Eddie goes to the, the, the prison where serial killer Cletus Cassidy is being held, and, like, they talk for, like, a minute, um, they talk for, like, a minute, and, and Cletus Cassidy's like, when I get out of here, it's gonna be carnage, and you're sitting there like, oh, I get it, oh, like, it, it, it would have been enough to see him, like, writing Welcome Eddie in Blood, it would have been enough to see him with red hair, it would have been enough to know he's a serial killer, but no, he had to straight up say, like, his name is Cleus Cassidy. Like, I feel like th that that should be enough, you know? Um, but yeah, he he says it's gonna be Carnage, so, so that you know, oh, he's gonna be Carnage. Thanks. Like, 
what a Gotham way to explain this is carnage. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Woody Harrelson was cast because, like, in the last, like, ten years, they've rewritten Carnage to be more Southern. So, naturally, Sony was like, okay, so Carnage is supposed to be, like, kind of a Southern serial killer. Uh, first, first Southern actor you can think of, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> like, I feel like no thought went into it. Like, I, I don't watch The Walking Dead, but I'm pretty sure there's, like, three or four actors from that show that would have fit a lot better. Just because I know a lot of that takes place in the South, or at least the characters are from the South. Um, like, the guy that plays, um, Negan, like, if you kind of give him, like, shortcut red hair, like, he, I think he would have been a cool carnage. Um, but yeah, Woody Harrelson was cast because he's a Southern actor, and that's, that's the only reason that they have him there. Um, and with his horrible wig, holy shit, he looks like a mashup between Bob Ross and Carrot Top. It's fucking ridiculous, dude. Uh, God. Um, but now we're on, like, the other part where it's, like, they're setting up for the sequel. Does it deserve a sequel? No. <laughs> no way. No, 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 no. I do not think this deserves a sequel. I will say it would deserve a sequel just so there's more Venom, because only half of the movie is Venom. The other half is this the story of a guy named Eddie Brock, who isn't Eddie Brock. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think it deserves a sequel. And that comes from, like, a behind-the-scenes studio standpoint, because I hate Sony right now. And it also comes from a place of this movie was just so fucking paper-thin. There's room to build on it, but it's so thin, it's like, why would you? You know, it's it's kind of like, would you want a sequel to The Amazing Spider-Man 2? No, I wouldn't, because that's what they want. <laughs> that's what they're fucking planning for this whole time. Um, and let's see. I mean, if it got a sequel, what would I want from it? Obviously... Carnage. Uh, I'd like more fucking scenes with Eddie and Venom because that's that's probably the best part about this movie is the interaction between those two characters. Um, I honestly don't know what else. I know Eddie said he'd go back into like the written word to be a writer, um, but I don't know. I feel like not enough happens in this movie to warrant a sequel. The only thing you could do with a sequel was introduce Carnage, and you kind of need more than just a villain to punch. You know. Um, but let's see. Let's see. Should it be in the MCU? Absolutely not. No. No, it doesn't... It doesn't work. Because, like, they made it PG-13 so they could try to fit it in the MCU. But I feel like they should have made it rated R because it's easier to go from rated R to PG-13. Um, and making it rated R would have had the movie stand out more. Like, Logan and both of the Deadpool movies were successful partly because they are rated R and they were allowed to be crazy and stupid. Um, and I feel like this Venom movie needed more of that. Like, this... This Venom movie needed a, a radar rating. It needed to be more crazy and more stupid to stand out. Because otherwise, it just looks like a 14-year-old out of middle school put this movie together because he was feeling angsty. Like, like Venom literally has a line where he says, like, you'll be like a turd in the wind. Like, no adult says the word turd. <laughs> um, but there's another... Oh, shit. There's another bit in here I wanted to bring up. Fuck, what was it? Oh, here we go. Um, some of the references they make in this movie. There's, there's a few. Um, they reference John Jameson, uh, the son of J. Jonah Jameson. John was the astronaut that took the original ship to go get the symbiotes. Um, assumedly he's dead now, which kind of sucks, because it's like, wow. You, you, you establish John Jameson, the connection to the Spider-Man lore, and you kill the guy who's the establishing force. <laughs> um... 
that's pretty dumb. Maybe maybe Eddie will go to the Daily Bugle in the future if this if this does become the uh, part of the MCU, and have an interact interaction with J. John Jameson where he's like, yeah, I knew I I didn't I never met your son, but I heard he did good or whatever. Um, the Stan Lee cameo at the end feels like a fucking afterthought because. The Stanley cameo, in a lot of movies, they, they change up where it is. Sometimes it's at the beginning, sometimes it's in the middle. Very rarely is the Stanley cameo at the end. It's at the very end of this movie. Like, he, like the final like two minutes, he talks to his ex-girlfriend, he bumps into Stanley, and then he goes off into the convenience store to bite a dude's head off, like in the trailers. Like, <laughs> like it feels like... It feels like they got to that point in shooting, and they were like, oh, shit, we, for we forgot the Stan Lee cameo. Uh, uh, just have him, have him walk a dog. Have him walk a dog. Let's do that. Like, so, so dumb. Even Stan Lee was unimpressed with this cameo, which tells you a lot about this movie. Um, oh, and the other reference I kind of liked, I don't know if it was even intentional, when Eddie starts hearing Venom's voice in his head, um, and he says, like, oh, it's, it's a parasite, like, something's wrong with me. Eddie says, like, he says to himself, you have a brain tumor, Eddie, you're hearing things, and that's why this is happening, and then the Venom suit, like, interrupts him and, and starts arguing with him, but, like, the fact that he mentioned the brain tumor made me think, because I know in the comics, after the Venom symbiote left Eddie, or was separated from Eddie, uh, Eddie got cancer as a result of being separated from it, like, like, Eddie was supposed to get cancer, but the, the, the Venom symbiote pushed it down, um, I don't remember if it was a brain tumor, but I feel like, you know, it might have been, that might have been a clever reference, um, but again, like that, <laughs> it might have not even been a reference. It might have just been coincidence. So, do I recommend seeing Venom? I'll say this. If you need further proof that Sony Pictures doesn't deserve the Spider-Man license, you know, if you hear news about a, a Morbius movie or a Craven the Hunter movie and you think to yourself, like, man, Sony should really... I wonder if Sony should should stop. Like if you're if you're excited to see a Craven movie and a fucking uh, 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 Black Cat Silver Sable movie and a, a a more a Morbius movie, if you're excited to see these spinoff Spider-Man movies because you actually think they'll be good, go see Venom so you can get fucking cured. Okay, Venom is like <laughs> Venom is like okay. If there's ever a poster of Venom and you need a quote from me, use this Use this as the quote, right? Venom is the chemotherapy to the cancer that is Sony Pictures. Okay, let's, let's try that. It's the poison that will kill your confidence in Sony. Okay? Um, maybe that wasn't the best expression, but I'm sticking to it. Um, don't... If you really want to see a good Venom movie, don't see this. Go watch, like, his episodes from Spectacular Spider-Man. Go read the current co comic series by Donny Cates, because apparently that's really good. Uh, don't watch this. Like, don't... There, there's no good movie interpretation of Venom. Alright, I'm putting my foot down saying that. Do not see this if you're a fan of Venom and you just want to see him. Do not see this if you actually support the whole Sony thing, because, like, the, the fact is, like... This movie's gonna make bank, and it's probably gonna get a sequel straight out of nostalgia, and because people are saying it's so bad, it's worth watching. But I'm, I want you to take this seriously. Venom is another fan four stick. Okay. So if you want to see it because it's bad, go see it. But if you're expecting a good movie, you will not be satisfied. Um, Venom gets a grading of a D for me here at the panel biter. 
Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, I'll be doing a panel pitch on Venom after my friends see it, and I'll be talking about how I would fix the movie. Uh, go to panelbuy.podby.com, panelbuy.com, or on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as Anchor and Spotify. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.